Hello, Internet friends. Welcome back to The Daily Blend Show with me, Reed Daily. In this episode, we connect with Brett Rawson, entrepreneur and former CEO of Rant Inc. During the episode, we dive into how he went to from playing college baseball to building one of the largest digital content companies in the world with his business partner, Grant Brown. We discuss lessons learned about operations and scale, capital and talent management, and dive into the next phase of his life as he sets his eyes on the world of electronic dance music. As always, you can get this episode and all other previous episodes on such great platforms as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Overcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and have all episodes downloaded to your device automatically. With all that out of the way, hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, and I was really thinking, you know, hey, this is going to be a you know professional baseball type of situation. Um, I really wasn't thinking school, um, you know, at that point. And I sure as heck wasn't thinking, hey, I'm going to start an internet company. I barely knew how to turn on a computer back then. Um, you know, so it was uh, kind of a crazy chain of events. But uh, I actually tore my uh, my ulnar collateral ligament in my elbow. Uh, needed Tommy John surgery, uh, which you know it set me back. You know that set me back a good uh, good two years. Um, I went to Lindenwood University down in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, uh, right out of uh, right out of high school, and uh, hurt my elbow again. Needed another surgery. Um, took another six to eight months. Uh, transferred to Elgin Community College uh, to play ball there. Uh, promptly hurt my shoulder during the fall, uh, and I actually spent about fifteen to sixteen months. Um, you know, rehabbing, which ended up being a torn labrum, but nobody was able to, you know, kind of find that that type of injury in the MRIs and this, that, and the other. Uh, went back down to Dr. Andrews, who did my, you know, he did my Tommy John, and uh, he found a tear within 10 minutes. It was pretty crazy. So I spent, you know, like three, four years of going through these different types of rehabs with, with these injuries that weren't found by anybody else but him. Um, and that's when I decided to, uh, you know, move down to Pensacola, Florida, uh, to train in rehab at the Andrews Institute and uh, Athletes Performance, which is now called Exos. Um, so I was there for about 15, 16 months, and obviously had a, you know, a really good family support system. And um, you know, essentially, I was, you know, 21 years old and had to grow up, you know, pretty quickly. Um, you know, I was down there, you know, kind of, you know, by myself for the first time, uh, and, you know, essentially had to figure it out, you know, okay, am I going to come back to a mound or what's going to be next? Uh, as you can probably imagine, there's a lot of downtime, uh, you know, 15, 15, 16 months, you know, you're training and rehabbing kind of all day, um, you know, but my day would end at about 3.30, um, and I was very close to, uh, uh, you know, the golf, so, you know, grab a book, you know, head out and, you know, kind of hang out at the beach and, you know, just kind of, you know, think about life, so to speak. Um, it was kind of that time where I was, I was helping people, you know, win their fantasy baseball leagues, you know, with, with advice and uh, this, that, and the other. I started to get really into um, biomechanics and understanding, okay, why did my arm break down versus somebody else's uh, with, with supposedly, you know, worse mechanics. Um, they had a biomechanics lab down at the Institute, so I was able to kind of watch and, and um, you know, kind of learn a lot about, you know, the arm and the, you know, the, you know, the pathology and the biology and, you know, a lot of things that go into, uh, you know, what keeps those ligaments and those tendons together. Um, I, I contacted Grant Brown, who is my co-founder of Grant, because um, I was told that he was, he was involved in the internet industry in some way, shape, or form. And I, I didn't know anything about this at this point, let alone, oh, you can make money off a website? Oh, that's new to me. But, um, and who got your 
uh, actually it was my mom. So Grant and I go all the way back to grade school. Uh, he was a year younger than me, uh, but he was in my younger brother's class. Uh, they grew up really close. The family, you know, my, my parents grew up really close with his parents. Um, and when I kind of made this joke, you know, my mom, like, oh, I should get paid for like giving all this fantasy advice, right? It's like, oh, you should shut up Grant Brown. That's what he does. So I hit him up on Facebook and, you know, we started chatting and he was kind of walking me through, um, you know, more about the monetization side of things. Uh, you know, he's like, oh, I was able to fund, you know, like my birthday party out in LA just from doing monetization off of some websites. Um, it was a really good fix because he knew, he knew very, you know, a significant amount more on the monetization side than me. Um, so I wasn't as interested in that part. I was more interested in the content side and, you know, managing of writers and, you know, let's put some content together. And, you know, so we ended up, you know, maybe, I don't know, three, four months, we probably put a site together called bringingheat.com. Um, we started to predict some injuries, uh, some pitcher injuries. We started to put together, you know, a nice team of um, baseball writers, uh, you know, kind of in the Chicagoland area. Okay. And, um, so you're yeah. using your love of baseball, yes. your kind of newfound knowledge of yeah. Right. Okay. So then we, uh, you know, so as that was going, I was leaving Florida. I, we, we actually started it when I was still living in Florida, uh, but my time there was about done. Uh, you know, so I came back and I was actually reaching out to a bunch of schools in the area because I wanted to pitch in one final season. You know, uh, my arm was healthy enough. Granted, I wasn't the same. Um, you know, but I wanted to, you know, essentially get off a of mound one last time on my own and walk away from the game on my own terms. Um, and I was very, very fortunate that uh, 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 Josh P. thought over at uh, Kishwaukee College gave me that opportunity that season. Um, but it was, uh, you know, very hectic as Grant and I were, you know, trying to, you know, get the startup, you know, off the ground and, um, you know, see where it went from there. Uh, at the time, I don't think we ever thought it would be as big as it got to. Um, it was kind of more of like, uh, hey, if we can make, you know, a couple thousand bucks a month and kind of do it on the side and this, that, and the other. Um, but as we learned more and more about the industry and as we continued to grow, that's kind of when we were like, okay, hey, this this could actually turn into something. You know what I mean? So it was, um, it, it was a pretty quick rise, but, um, you know, it was very, very valuable in terms of, uh, you know, learning not about just the industry itself, but okay, how do you, how do you manage, you know, a bunch of people when you're 23, 24 years old? You know, you have to kind of jump into this adult world without any, you know, essentially adult experience. Um, you know, so that was a big challenge for us early. But um, yeah, I think we, we were able to you know, kind of jump over that hump. So how did you guys go from making the baseball site, and how long did the baseball site last before you guys? Sure. Well, so bringing heat was up probably for, let's call it six months, you know, kind of in that time frame. Uh, we had somebody come to us and they're like, hey, I want to start like a Chicago Bears blog. And I want to start a Indianapolis Colts blog. And I want to start a Chicago Cubs blog. And I want to start a Chicago White Sox blog. So we were like, okay, let's, let's kind of create a network. You know, very similar to, uh, you know, SB Nation back in that day. Um, uh, fan-sided, blog you in, uh, you know, some of those, some of those, um, you know, growing sports properties uh, that had umbrella sites, you know, let's call it 300, 400 sites. So we were kind of, you know, we we're going after that model. Um, and that, that's essentially how it started. So we launched, I, I believe it was 32 NFL sites oh, wow. okay. at, at one time. So it was just me and him, you know, still doing it all. Uh, all so, the same CMS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to, uh, you know, essentially put a team of writers together for each site. Um, 
you know, then we had to uh, obviously, you know, monetize it and start working with more and more ad partners and backfill partners, and and that's really where you know Grant was so was so huge, you know, during that process. But um, uh, so you were focused on sourcing talent, yes, managing talent, yeah. creating content, yeah. Okay, cool. And yeah. how are you guys finding content or content writers? Uh, we actually were going through Bleacher Report, uh, okay. you know, because back in that day, Bleacher Report really wasn't paying, you know. So Correct. Uh, so we'd poach some of their some of their really good writers that weren't getting paid anything. You know, we had a revs uh, like a rev split system uh, that was super valuable at the time because not many not, not many sites were able to you know kind of come up with that model. Um, and our overhead was so little. You know, we were able to give away you know a good chunk of what people were were bringing in. I mean, there there were times that we had writers making four or five six grand a month. You know, just on a rev split system off of their own content. So, you know, the better that they did, obviously, the better that we did. But the more money that they were able to pocket. Right. So. And so, when did you guys, you know, when you're looking at the, the 32 sites, I mean, how quickly did it take you to ramp up? That's a lot of money. Oh gosh, um, six months to a year. Okay. Um, you know, we were in the Yard Barker Network, which was, uh, I believe, they're actually still part of Fox Sports, but. Um, uh, as we started to launch more and more sites, like it's just becoming kind of a, a logistical nightmare. You know, when we had to pay our writers, it would take us three, four days to go through each ad server, you know, uh, put together, you know, okay, this is how much this writer got from this ad partner, that, that ad partner. Uh, so it was a lot. I mean, it, it would take us, gosh, it's just a tremendous amount of time. Um, and that's when we, we started to think, hey, maybe we should take all these sites and put it in the one. Um, we started to talk to, uh, um, uh, you know, several different industry, you know, connections about that type of strategy going from, you know, at the time, you know, I believe we built it to about 150 sites, individual. Oh, wow. Yeah. All sports-oriented? Yes. Okay. Yeah, at the time, they are all sports-oriented. Um, and we actually thought from a branding standpoint, one site would probably be a lot easier than, you know, 150. And then, yeah, obviously, we wanted to grow it to 300, 400 sites or even more than that. But... Um, Again, it was just it was just so much just for me and him, and um, you know. But you know, to his credit, he he hung in there, and I hung in there, and uh, you know, we just kept going. Right. You know, we just kept moving forward. And was it like a subdomain? And then, would did you see that folks would come from maybe a team and then go to your home site? For like, you know, the overarching. Content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rantsports.com was kind of like the landing page of all this content that we were filtering in from all these, um, you know, let's just call it partner sites. You know, so so everything was getting feeded in, uh, and going to the appropriate you know the appropriate team, um, you know section of of Ramsports.com and this that and the other. But it would it would redirect back at like, you know, Eagles Central. Okay. You know. gotcha. And at this point, had you moved and bought the Rant name? Yeah, yeah. Grant Grant had actually owned that name, um, I believe before we even started the whole thing. So it was just a domain that he owned, and we were thinking, hey, let's let's you know wrap everything under something. And that's when he was like, well, I do own rantsports.com. Gotcha. So okay. um, it, it kind of fit because uh, you know our, our our content model was allowing their fans to express their opinions and express their voices. You know, every sports fan's got their own opinion, including mine. Gotcha. You know, so that that's really where the rant the you know part came from. came from. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So then, how did you guys? Who who helped you make the decisions to say, guys, you're you're spread too thin? It was really us. Okay. Yeah, it was really us. I mean, we started to look at, you know, like the Bleacher Report model is just being a little more simpler for us 
than trying to manage, you know, 300 sites. And we were on dedicated hosting at that time. And because we were growing, you know, so tremendously quickly, um, uh, you know, we kept going down. So it's like, we have to do something to make this a little easier on ourselves. Um, you know, we had a, we had a, you know, a couple really good early advisors, uh, more on the business sense than, you know, anything on the internet side or digital media, just general business. Um, th that were really helpful in terms of our growth and trying to figure out what we were going to be, because I think we were still trying to figure that out at that time. Huh. Now, did you guys ever create like a formalized advisory board or executive board? Uh, not yet at that time. Um, we were looking to start to look into raising some funding, okay. um, which we ended up doing through uh, you know a couple family friends. Um, you know, a pretty small amount, like 30, 40 grand. Gotcha. But um, that was able to, you know, be used to essentially get everything under one, you know, because when, when you're taking thousands of articles and, um, you know, essentially moving it over into one, you know, one, one site and getting, you know, not necessarily rid of the URLs, but redirecting them at Rant Sports Eagles, you know, Rant Sports Cubs, took a lot of time and, 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 and frankly took a lot of money. So we were going through kind of like a rebranding aspect all at the same time without actually needing to shut down gotcha. um, services. So then, you know, it's, it's you and Grant kind of running things. You've got an army of writers. Mm -hmm. What was the other team composition? That was it. That was at it. that time, it was just me and him. Okay. Yeah. So who was doing all the technical stuff? You? Or uh, it was really more Grant, um, but we were outsourcing that to, you know, some dedicated hosting. Gotcha. Yeah, we, we had not we had not run into um, you know who turned out to be our CTO yet because um, that that's really uh, you know through uh, my older brother that ended up you know jumping on uh, relatively early a little bit you know past this time frame but um, uh, yeah we 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 are still struggling a little bit with with the uh, with the tech side. Gotcha. So. And so were you guys all living in different cities at this point, or have you guys because you were finished up with baseball? Yeah, so throughout that that spring, you know, that first spring, uh, you know, I was I was at Kishwaukee College and Grant was still finishing up at Southern. Um, so it was a lot of like Skype, um, gosh, late night meetings, you know, he'd have class, I'd have practice, then class, then homework. Um, you know, so typically our, our work time was at night, you know. So you guys were doing this while you were in school? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, he had a little more free time than I did. Uh, if anybody knows anything about being a college athlete, you don't really have time, especially when you get into season. You know, you're looking at, you know, 6 a.m. practice, you know, breakfast, and then you got class from, let's just call it 9 o'clock, you know, to 1231. Um, and then you have, you know, either a game, uh, an outdoor practice at 2, you're running till 5, 530. The calf closes at 637. And then you got homework. Um, you know, so we, we were putting in, you know, a lot of hours. Um, I was stretched, you know, pretty thin at that point. Um, I was probably working anywhere from 17, 18 hour days, um, just everything in, in total. Um, and then once we got in the season and kind of through that first season, that's when, uh, you know, Grant finished up and I actually uh, transferred to DePaul uh, to start, you know, studying finance and economics. Because okay. um, I was still working through, you know, my bachelor's. Um, I took a lot of time off going through uh, going through school with all my injuries, and I was putting a lot of time and effort in the, you know, rehabbing, you know, my elbow, my shoulder, um, and I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to study in school, so, um, yeah, I was just kind of bouncing all over at that point, but, uh, you know, once, once I got to DePaul and he graduated, we were in the same spot, essentially. You know, I was living downtown, he was living uh, in Winfield, uh, which is, uh, you know, about an hour train ride, so um, we ended up essentially leasing an office through one of our first early 
you know, advisors who ended up being our first investor. Um, so we were kind of splitting a little bit of an office, not much bigger than this room actually. Oh, so nice. yeah, so that's like you know we put the uh, the white paint, uh, yeah, on the on, on the wall for the for the whiteboard. So it's actually it's very reminiscent to uh, the early days, really. So but I was going back and forth on the train like a, like a crazy person, you know, at that point. So. You know, I mean, I mean, I'll go draw something on there. And I'll have a little fun with it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just very, it's very nostalgic to me, frankly. Nice. So you've got kind of a small team, and you know, you're starting to move to a single kind of, you know, home for all your content. What was like? What was the next step in the process? Well, so once we, uh, you know, once we started to put everything together, we, we actually saw a surge in traffic probably by 3x. You know, we were probably doing 300, 400,000 uniques uh, across that, that network of sites. Uh, once we went to ramsports.com, it popped to about a million, million two um, within 30 days. Day a month? month. Yeah, a month. So we saw, you know, a tremendous surge. Um, and with that surge, we saw an incredible amount of new revenue come in. Um, it was just a lot easier for people to remember ramsports.com opposed to Eagle Central or, you know, Steeler Zone or whatever the heck we used to call those team names, you know, way back in the day. So, you know, once once we got to that million unique, you know, a month, you know, type of number, that's when we're like, okay, this this could actually turn into something. You know, because at that time, you know, Bleacher and, and SB Nation were probably doing 20 to 30, and they were being valued at nine figures at that time. We're not, we're not that far away when, when you start thinking, okay, one to 20, how do you get from, you know, one to 10? And then once you can go from, you know, 10, it's a lot easier to get to 20. So, gotcha. um, so that's when we knew that, okay, this could turn into something, you know, pretty legitimate. And that's when uh, um, uh, we decided to, um, you know, really start looking at a, a legitimate angel round of funding. Okay, and and so what did you guys do? Did you look at Chicagoland funding? Yeah, we did. We did. We started to you know try and connect more with like angels and you know even some VCs. We had some very early meetings. Um, uh, our biggest challenge at that point was trying to put a financial model together because we were growing so tremendously quickly. You know, I don't think I don't think anybody would really believe, you know, month over month, year over year, when you're looking at a five year build out. Hey, we're doing a billion dollars a month. Like, eh, that's going to be a tough sell, you know. So we we were trying to figure, okay, how do we curb this, and and how do we appropriately curb this? And and, and you know, my older brother is one of the smartest people I've ever been around. You know, he's worked in uh, you know finances for for quite some time, and I was like, hey, can you help us out with this model? And he's starting to look at our model and our numbers and stuff, and he's like, you guys are growing exponentially. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's why we're having trouble, you know. Right. So um, that's when he actually wanted to jump on full time. He wanted to, you know, walk away from his his um, you know analyst job down here and and join my little startup. And I, I told him no originally. I was like, there's no way. Like, it's way too risky. Like, get a full time job. Like, help us with the model. We'll see if we can raise some funding, and kind of go from there. And he was pretty insistent. He actually then went to Grant to, you know, try and try and. Uh, My brother said no. Yeah. Give me a job. Yeah. 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 So, you know, he didn't need the job. He just wanted to, you know, kind of kind of jump in because he really liked what we were doing and and really liked, um, you know, kind of our some of our futuristic, you know, plans that we wanted to get into in terms of like games and other sites and other networks and things like that. So that's, uh, you know, when he when he convinced Grant, I, I told him I was like, okay. Well, we'll give it a go, but you know, it's not, you know, it's not, it, it can't be brother, brother, you know, in the office setting, 
right. you know, so it's still, you know, CEOs, and we ended up naming him, at that point, our, like an EVP, okay. and then eventually he moved into our COO role, but um, that was after a couple different rounds of funding and things like that, but um, that, that, that was a really important time for us, because um, if we couldn't get that model right, we're not going to raise that first round of funding, and I, I, I don't know where, we're, where we go from there, you know, so. So how long did it take you to do your first round? Uh, probably about 60 to 75 days. So that's pretty quick. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, we actually went through uh, a lot of family friends, family and friends, frankly. Um, you know, we, we hosted a, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a um, like an investor, you know, presentation for, call it 30, 40 people. Um, and ultimately, you know, they, they said no at first, you know. They were like, hey, we want to see X, Y, and Z. We want to we see you guys go from, you know, one to three before we'll consider you know, you know, putting in the type of money that we ended up raising. Um, so we did that. We did that in about 30 days, and we had another one. We were like, okay, well, we just executed everything you guys wanted to, and that's and that's when you know people were like, oh man, this could be, th th this is definitely something. So at that time, we went from I believe one million uniques to like three. And was that just more content, easy name? Yeah, but I think it, but I, but I also think it was the quality of the content at that time. You know, we started to really focus on you know, kind of the hot stove, you know, news from rumors to trades, drafts, you know, because every, every fans, you know, they have an opinion on, okay, how does my team get better? Well, obviously, you're only going to get better with different personnel, which is going to come from free agency trades and the draft. So when you start, you know, putting together some legitimate, you know, type, uh, type of scenarios, it, we were able to, you know, really start thinking, you know, Google SEO and, and, um, you know, obviously, our partnership with uh, with Fox Sports and, and Yard Barker was uh, was pretty beneficial for us at that point. Because, in my opinion, our, our content was just so much better than most of their network. Gotcha. So, huh. interesting. And that's not a knock on everybody else. That's just that's just right, my right. opinion. So it wasn't so. necessarily a quantity; it was a quality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, but because we had so many writers, I mean, we had we had six different beat writers for like the Chicago Cubs. So there was always you know new content. You know, it wasn't stale. Then, uh, some of the smaller market teams, it was a little harder to find consistent writers because, you know, writers are getting paid based off of their own traffic. You know, so if, you know, the Oakland A's writer wasn't generating any traffic, well, he's not going to generate a whole lot of money, and, you know, he's not going to hang around for that long. Gotcha. So we were, we, were, we were cycling through some of those smaller, you know, those smaller type of... Uh, and just content. identifying, continuing to identify good writing talent by yep. reading their stuff, mm -hmm. but not doing any, like, road shows to go meet these folks. Correct. Okay. Yep. Right. Yeah. So you guys are pretty operationally lean at this time. Yes. You're yeah. just growing like crazy and you raise your round. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So raise your round. Was it an angel round? It was an angel round. A single angel investor? Yep. No, we had, uh, I believe it was 25. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so smaller check sizes, but, um, you know, we ended up raising, I believe, like 310 grand. Okay. Great. So. And you guys didn't have a huge overhead. So no. Fine. No. Most of it was going to, like, server costs? Servers. Um, you know, travel, you know, Grant, Grant and I started to, uh, you know, head out to the West Coast, uh, San Francisco, trying to, you know, generate more and more, you know, potential interest from, you know, future funding, um, business relationships, ad partners, you know, anything that we can kind of get our hands on, you know, we, we tried to turn over every stone we possibly could. Gotcha. So. Okay. And then what, what happened next? So you've got more money now that you guys can deploy. How did you guys decide how to deploy? Well, we went down, and we went down for a tremendous amount of time because our, our dedicated hosting at that point had some sort of issue. Uh, so we were down for, gosh, two, three, four days, uh, which was, you know, devastating to us at that point. You know, when you go down for that long, 
you know, you never know what's going to happen when you come back up. Um, and that's when uh, Brian introduced us to Doug Jones. Um, he's known Doug for a long time. They used to do a lot of like finance, like pro boards type of type of stuff together. But Doug was a um, you know former security guy, um, IT for I believe Carnival, Carnival Cruise Line, and he was managing you know like a billion dollars worth of business for them. Um, he decided to come on as kind of like our acting CTO, um, and he was able to get us up and start running, you know, our own hosting. So the money that we were spending for dedicated now is you know keeping internal, which was obviously you know more beneficial to you know not only our cash flow but you know from a balance sheet and you know assets, liabilities, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's when Grant and I started to really think about okay, is this the right city for us to be operating in? You know, we started to do some more business out in California. Uh, we went to a couple different conferences out there. I mean, everybody was telling us, everybody that we meet. What are you doing in Chicago? What are you doing in Chicago? You know, there's not, at, at least at that time, there wasn't a big, you know, digital media, you know, hub here, especially for, you know, the type of money that we were going to want to raise. So that's when we made the decision to head out to San Francisco. And um, it, it was actually a lot of fun. You know, we, we kind of did the Facebook thing. Uh, you know, we brought on what we called interns. Um, and we, we rented a house pretty cheap just outside of San Francisco. Um, it's called about an hour, 20 minutes in a little town called Discovery Bay, um, which is in the East Bay. Um, uh, but we were really close to what you know, we needed to be close to. Um, and it didn't cost us an arm and a leg, obviously with San Francisco rent, you know, things like that. It would get pretty expensive. But um, that, was, that was essentially our next move. You know, Doug, Doug jumped in two feet. You know, he sold his house in, in Miami and hit the road. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he rented, he, he rented his own place. He wanted to live on his own. Um, you know, he had a couple dogs and, and things like that. But um, he actually rented a house without seeing it on the road from Miami to Discovery Bay, California. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, so when you're out there, what's, what's the ecosystem that you need? Like, so what are the building blocks that you need to surround yourself? And, and probably less on the money side. Yeah, for us, um, technology. You know, we, we needed, you know, essentially more coders, uh, um, you know, more dedicated, not dedicated hosting, we needed to get away from that, which we did, but we needed more people that would understand, you know, the IT aspect. Um, yeah, because this, this was not anything that I was, I was terribly good at. That was not, that was not my skill set. And frankly, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, totally Grant's skill set either. He had, he had a, a, a better background in terms of web development than I did, but it wasn't, he's not a true, you know, like a true coding guy, you know. So that was, that was a big hurdle that we needed to get over. Um, and we only had X amount of dollars to use, so we couldn't miss. You know, when we're going to bring on people, you can't you can't miss that early in such an important, you know, part of the ecosystem. Yeah. So you got a house in San Francisco. Outside Rented. Francisco. Yes. Yeah. You got some, an army of interns. You grant and a CTO. Yeah. So we had. Uh, let's see. At that time, um, gosh, heading out to San Francisco, it was uh, Grant, myself. Uh, we actually poached. Um, uh, my cousin, uh, my cousin Michael from Ipsos, uh, which is a big marketing company here in Chicago, because um, we were looking to kind of you know push this brand, so um, we were able to poach him. So he he joined the team. He left his full time job, you know, at that time. Um, he joined the team. My older brother, um, we took uh, an intern named uh, Jeff Scholl, who did a lot of content work and, and really started to dive into the social media aspect. Because still back in that day, social media wasn't wasn't as big. In terms of content, yet, you know, it was we, we probably joined right at the middle of it, so we weren't we weren't early, but we weren't late. 
and that, that I think was really key. So it was essentially six of us living in that house, plus Doug on his own. So it was seven of us out, out in California, and it was all rant all the time. You know, it was, not, it was not uncommon for me to have some sort of wacky, crazy idea at two in the morning and wake everybody up. No, it was just so, you know, hey, I got this crazy idea. Some of them were good, some of them were stupid, and they tell me so. You know, but it, it was a lot of fun. You know, we were able to really focus on, on the business. You know, when you're able to put 15, 16, 17 hours a, a, a day into your business, you know, good things could, you know, yeah, could, could really occur. Um, we really started getting a video at that time. Um, so we ended up um, operating here in Chicago still like a video studio, um, uh, you know, full of, uh, you know, anywhere from on, on-air talent to, um, you know, even some of the writing talent that we stayed, you know, here in contact with. We called it our kind of like our, our marketing, you know, marketing services arm. So we ended up, uh, you know, doing, you know, essentially a partnership with um, uh, one of our early uh, investors at that time because he had his own marketing company, and so there we were starting to do some, uh, you know, some tag team of different op- operational stuff. So, um, you know, six of us in California, but there were still probably, let's call it 10 to 15 people here in Chicago. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty hectic. And so what year is this kind of? This is probably 2010. Okay. Right. 2010, 2011, in that range. It's a long time. Yeah, so, yeah, and I'm just yeah. trying to think of all the, like, got a video arm at this point, you're moving into social, building your team, kind of what were the next steps? Uh, that's when we started to look at doing a much bigger round of funding. Um, I connected with uh, with a couple other people out of out of California uh, that wanted to kind of dive in and, and, and help us raise that, you know, that multi-million dollar round. Because not only, okay, the cash is great. You know, when you raise a, you know, a couple million dollars, uh, the cash is great. But what I thought was really important was kind of the PR around that. Because that that solidifies you as being a player in the industry, you know whether it's three million, four million, you know it's still an early round, but um, nobody's going to put in that type of that type of funding uh, without the um, uh, you know without the you know the legitimacy of what you're doing. So when somebody's willing to you know put in three million dollars, you know at the type of valuation that we did it at, yeah. I mean that that I think was really really helpful for us to you know kind of get our you know our, our, our feet in the doors that uh, ultimately probably would have been closed to us. Um, for example, like we did a we did a deal with uh, USA Today, you know sports. So Grant and I were running down to LA from San Francisco probably once a month, whether we were negotiating that deal or you know doing anything in terms of uh, business development there. Um, so ironically, we started actually doing more business in LA than San Francisco, and that's when we decided to start looking at moving down to LA in that area from the meet from from San Francisco. So that um, that that was uh, that was a really important time for us, though. Um, you know, that year that we spent in San Francisco, because uh, we were just able to build, 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 um, and we had a you know we had a lot of good people around us at that point. You know, we had probably 16, 17 full time employees or so. Um, you know, because we were doing, you know, we we're doing several several million dollars a year in revenue at that point, probably two, two to three. And so, did, at that point, did anyone come knocking on your door to say, "Hey, we've noticed you guys were mm-hmm. thinking about an acquisition"? Uh, we did have one person reach out at that time. Uh, there, I, I believe it was some sort of roll-up situation out of Canada. Uh, it was, a, it would have been like mostly a stock deal that we really weren't 
terribly intrigued in because there's no cash. Um, I'm not sure even if our investors and even our board at that time would have would have approved such a deal. Um, and we were still growing so quickly, you know, it's just like, okay, why why would we sell you know that fast? You know, we weren't opposed to selling, but it was still okay. It's still got to be the right deal. And so, what made you guys make the final pull the trigger and say we got to move operations down to LA? Uh, the time that Grant and I were spending on the road, um, you know, we. What, what I think was really beneficial for Rant at that time is we were investing every dollar that we were making back into the company in some way, shape, or form, whether that was more writers, full-time, um, on-air camera talent. Um, you know, so we, we, we really weren't taking much of a salary still at that time. We, we, were, we, were, we were putting our money back into our people and back into the operation. You know, long-term, yeah, of course, we cost ourselves some money that way, um, but we don't do what we ended up doing over the next, you know, several years if we didn't make that type of sacrifice pretty early. So, um, do you think you not taking a significant salary helped? Oh yeah. Fundraising? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Because I mean, we could we could have drained, you know, our, we could have been, you know, showing a break even. Instead, we were showing, you know, thirty, forty percent probably at that time from a from an EBITDA standpoint. Yeah. So. Which obviously is going to be a more attractive, you know, situation for any for any investor, knowing that okay, the founders are here for the long term; they're not here to, you know, kind of squeeze every penny out of it at such a, you know, delicate time. And I'm not sure our employees would have been very appreciative if we were just draining, you know, that type of money out of the company. And you know what I mean? So we 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 looked at it also from an ethical standpoint and a moral standpoint. So. So when you get down to LA, I mean, I'm assuming the move was around talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually wrapped up our video, and, and we, um, we ended up getting everybody down to Southern California not too much longer after that, because once we got down there, um, you know, so we ended up renting a house, uh, you know, for six of us again, uh, which was huge in terms of saving, um, uh, you know, right in uh, Laguna Beach. So it was six, six of us, seven of us. Um, we were still doing really, really well from the EBITDA standpoint, so we wanted to continue to look at expanding team and then we wanted to start building out data and analytics. You know, we had we had a tremendous amount of data that we were just not able to dive into, uh, just from time. You know, we were still a pretty small team. You know, twenty people, um, but we weren't able to spend you know six, seven, eight hours a day on our data, and then you know, everything everything kind of backs up. And then you know we're probably only looking at let's call it five to ten percent of the total pie, um, which we thought would open up a significant amount of layer. Of information that we can build around. So, so. so how, to, how to make new products, or more how to coach your staffing writers? Or all uh, a lot of content-based data. Okay. We wanted we wanted to figure out what types of content were people actually reading all the time, and at what times of the day they were reading them, um, so that we can put the you know the necessary content in front of them. Uh, but also, we started to build out what we called our ARM strategy. You know, so we we are starting to work with um, you know companies like Outbrain and Taboola. Um, which I believe they merged recently, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they're now one or going to be one. But um, but yeah, back in that day, the um, you know the the you know the paid widgets you know at the bottom of the sites were were huge. Um, so we wanted to figure out, okay, if we were going to spend three cents on a click, we needed to make sure that we were going to make six cents back, which means we needed you know the backfill. We needed um, you know we essentially needed the impressions, right? Because we couldn't we couldn't we, we couldn't go from Two cents to, you know, losing a cent on, on that we'd you know we'd we'd go under you know very very quickly so you know that type of aspect was um, 
it was really important for us uh, in the build out and to you know kind of build that out we needed you know the the right skill sets to do so so, so if you're looking for technical talent yes as well as reporting analytics yeah yeah, a lot of macros. Like we wanted to build out, you know, deeper macros, and you know, um, you know, Brian was was an incredible macro guy, but even he was, you know, he he was spread really, really thin at that time. So we just needed, we needed more help, um, and ultimately we uh, we dipped back into some familiar faces, and um, we ended up hiring uh, Pat Fleming. Um, we poached him away from from a company here in uh, in Chicago. Uh, Pat went to high school with uh, with Brian and I. Um, over at St. Francis and Wheaton, um, and one of the better data guys that I've that I've been around from a, from a macro side in Excel, um, and he was able to start building us everything that we needed to, um, you know, to make decisions on the fly. Like, hey, it's Monday, September fourth. We know what our CPM of the day is going to be, so we knew that we can bid. Okay, we can bid three cents, and we can bid four cents. We can bid one cent. We can bid you know six cents. It really just kind of depended. Um, uh, but that system that we were building was actually making the decisions for us. Okay. So tell us, hey, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be bidding two cents at this time, then we're going to be able to up it to three. So, yeah, there was a, a really good build out at that time. But then, yeah, so Pat joined us, um, and that's when, uh, ironically, Ryan Nelson we got in contact with through, um, you know, an advisor at that time who ended up coming on as our first president. Um, who was connected into the uh, you know the daily fantasy sports space and the in the gaming space? But um, Ryan was uh, was huge for for the next stage of the company. Um, probably one of the more connected individuals that I know, and probably one of the more fun people that I think I've ever been around in my entire life. But uh, um, I think I can concur to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Ryan uh, Ryan was great when he joined. But, um, but yeah, things uh, things are going just really really well, um, and we are still trying to figure out okay. Do we make a couple hundred thousand dollars a month for the rest of time, or do we take another stab at turning this into a nine-figure business? And that's that was the decision that Grant and I were always faced with, because um, for us to go from, you know, a, uh, I believe we did that first one at a couple million dollar valuation. Okay, do we go from, you know, two to a hundred, and how do we get there? And those were the you know the, the you know the decisions that we always had to be on board with. You know, to get to that $100 million valuation, you're going to need another round of funding because you're not going to be able to get to where you need to be fast enough. And we are still trying to, um, you know, essentially, you know, beat everybody. Who so. was your North Star at the time? In or terms of what? Star, in terms of sites you were seeing or competitors in the marketplace? Bleacher Report. Yeah, Bleacher Report. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was right around that time that they got bought out by Turner. Um, and not too, you know, too far. I know they did like a $20 million round and they brought on Brian Gray as CEO. And there was a lot of, there's a lot of pub, uh, you know, around them, you know, cross board as being the industry leader, but we always looked at their, you know, their content at that time. And they're like, they're not, they're not doing anything different other than they just have a bigger war chest. Yeah. You know, they had, you know, premium sales that we wanted to get into, you know, get away from, um, you know, just using all that ad networks and selling directly to, you know, brands and, you know, there's just so many things that we wanted to do that we, we wouldn't have been able to do without another significant round of funding. Gotcha. So you needed more funding to get sort of an army to, of, yep. of team members to go after different channels. Yeah. Yeah. Ads, right? Yeah. We, um, you know, essentially we, we wanted to take our shot, you know, we, 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 we were, we were both very ambitious and, um, we wanted to take our shot and do something, you know, meaningful in the industry. And, um, yeah, so that's essentially what we did. You know, we didn't just you know, kind of, you know, sit on our laurels. Yeah. 
Yeah. We could have. You know, we 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 could have. We could have. We could have. You know, put it in neutral, um, and we would have been fine. We could have had more fun. You know, maybe we would have went to the beach a little bit more than we did. Um, you know, but uh, you know, to his credit, and you know, to I think everybody's credit around us, you know, is okay. Let's 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 see what we can really you know turn this into. So at this time, it's okay. Let's put the gas pedal down. Yeah. And so, what did you guys do? Was Ryan helping you guys raise? Did you guys do another round? Then? Yeah, we ended up doing another round. Um, not terribly long from there, from uh, from a lot of private equity uh, and a couple um, pretty smaller funds that that participated. Um, but Ryan was. Um, you know, pretty connected to a lot of different types of people. Um, and he was doing some, some stuff on the side in the gaming industry. Uh, and he was connected to a group that wanted to do some stuff in the, DF, the DFS space. Uh, DFS? Daily Fantasy Sports. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So back, back in that day, it was even before FanDuel. I believe it may have been, oh gosh, um, Draft Day. You know, some of, some of those smaller ones. Um, they contacted Ryan because they heard that Ryan was involved in Rant. Once they found out that we were doing, I believe, six to nine million uniques at that time, they wanted to talk to us immediately because instead of you know essentially buying a platform or investing in a platform, they wanted to you know kind of switch their own gears and invest in the traffic numbers and the people. And we had that, so that's when uh, um, you know the Hone Group and the O'Rourke Group, you know, they reached out to us through Ryan. Um, and they had us on a flight probably within three to four days to New York to, uh, you know, start negotiating, you know, essentially the terms of a deal. And I, I had no idea who any of these people were at the time. So I was just like, okay, this is great. Okay, you guys want to invest, you know, three to $6 million. Sweet, let's have that conversation. Um, and we'll put on our presentation and, you know, kind of go from there and see if they're interested in what we wanted to do, um, you know, kind of after that. And during the presentation, I mean, did they bite on everything you guys said or did, was there pushback? What? Leading from their team and saying, "Hey guys, you guys have a great playbook. Here's a couple other things to consider." Yeah, they um, th their biggest thing is they wanted to, you know, they wanted to get us into the public market, you know, so they wanted to look at, you know, reverse mergers and and things like that, which is a little, it was a little outside of my, you know, my comfort level at that time. Um, we ended up, I want to say it, it was a handshake deal. Um, you know, we ended up, you know, kind of completing the early stages of what the deal is going to be. Um, it really came down to valuation. You know, they wanted to put in six million, do a reverse merger, and you know, essentially be 50-50 partners. Uh, Grant and I were not gonna, we weren't gonna go to that length. So we ended up negotiating, I believe it was like a 60-40 type of thing. So let's just call it a $13 million valuation. Um, and we had a, you know, a handshake deal, you know, um, within, I don't know, six to eight weeks maybe, after, wow. the, after, the, initial, after the initial thing. Um, so then, you know, we dove into, um, you know, essentially we dove into diligence. And that's where things really took a long time. You know, it was probably 120 days, and we still weren't wrapped up with that thing. And um, at that time, we ended up launching Rant Lifestyle and Rant Chic. Um, we, so we finally got into, uh, you know, the lifestyles. Um, we, we, I don't want to say we moved away from sports, but we built on the sports, and we expanded. Um, we had enough writers that wanted to, you know, essentially write other pieces of content because they had a lot of opinions on a lot of different things. You know, so once we did that, we went from probably six to eight million uniques to twenty within oh, wow. within three months. You know, it was it, it was very very fast. It was even surprising to us, but you can imagine what that did to our EBITDA. And who were you guys pulling traffic away from, or who did you guys think you were pulling traffic? I don't really think we were pulling traffic away because you know everybody's reading everything on the internet. You know, if it's in front of you, you're going to read it. You know, so whether you read Rant and then you go from Rant to Bleacher Report to SB Nation. Um, 
you know, or, you know, lifestyle to refinery 29, you know, or some, you know, some site very similar to that. So it wasn't, it wasn't like we were stealing traffic or pulling, you know, people away because, you know, eyeballs are all over the place. So, but, um, but yeah, the, the growth was absolutely massive, you know, okay. at that time. What did the, the group that we Well, they loved it. They loved it because they thought we were still going to do that deal from, you know, the six the six at like a 12 um, and a 50-50 split. And that's when, you know, Grant and I really put our foot down. We were like, we don't, we don't need your six. You know, all of a sudden we're doing, you know, half a million dollars a month in EBITDA or, you know, 400000 or whatever it was at that time. Um, so we don't, we don't need your six. And that's where, you know, we essentially, we negotiated a lower valuation, but also a lower amount of cash. Um, and the sticking point at that point was the reverse murder because we, we weren't going to do that at that time. So we had to figure out another avenue. Uh, so we negotiated, you know, demand right in there for, you know, for them where, okay, if we had, I believe it was six or seven million dollars cash uh, and a third party investment bank came in and valued us anything over a hundred million dollars, they can ex exercise their demand right. Okay. Yeah. So we, so we, you know, we, we, we negotiated that side of the deal. Um, and once they once they you know bought into that, we ended up raising three out of thirteen, post, yeah, three out of thirteen post. So it was a much better deal for us from a liquidity standpoint and an equity standpoint. Um, and we got we got enough cash that we believe we can now really, you know, really push you know push the uh, you know the pedal to the metal, so to speak. Gotcha. So. And once once you guys did the transaction, I mean, were they looking to be operationally involved? No, not so much. Not so much. Um, I always got the sense they wanted a quick hit. You know, they wanted to take, you know, the $13 million revaluation and flip it for 50 quickly. Because uh, the second we closed that round, we started looking at doing a secondary follow-up um, uh, at that roughly $50 million valuation. So they, they really wanted this thing to go at warp speed, um, which ultimately I think was, was a mistake on our part um, for allowing that. Because um, once we started doing, you know, the very early workings of the next round, that's when, you know, my focus stopped on the business and started going towards the corporate side. And, and I think once, once we lost some of the feel for what was going on internally, even though we had, we had a, a tremendous team, you know, of, of operational, but um, we, were still, we were still all pretty young. You know, we didn't have any quote-unquote seasoned, uh, you know, executives in there that could, you know, manage this type of business and grow it. So this this is really where I think it was a misstep on my part, and something that I learned from, you know, kind of through that that process. Because we're probably in the year 2014, 2015 now, so we're not, you know, we're not terribly far to what ended up being the end and the acquisition. Um, but and were um, you guys still working out of the house, or did you guys move into offices? After the three million dollar round, we moved into an office um, in Irvine, uh, which is right off of the uh, the 405 in Jambo. If anybody knows. You know the beautiful Southern California area, but um, uh, Jamboree, but uh, um, very nice building, very kind of similar to this. We were on like the 14th floor, and you know we were able to look at the mountains in the background. It was it was a beautiful building, um, but it was an expense that we didn't need. You know, um, we brought everybody from Chicago to, to LA, so we ended up having you know at that time probably 35 to 40 people working in the office. Big team. It, it, it was it was a sizable team. And you know. Was it weird to go? Yes and no. Uh, the the corporate side, 
you know, I think it was a little more natural, um, uh, you know, for for myself and, and a couple others. Um, some people um, were not, you know, as as transitionable, um, which is certainly understandable, you know, because a lot of these guys were right out of college. You know, we were their first job, so it's like, okay, when you go from you know house to going into your office every day, there's there's certainly a you know a period of of transitional time, um, and we are still trying to figure out. You know, myself and Grant and you know Brian and the rest of you know the the C level staff. We were still trying to, you know, I think, understand who we were going to be as executives now. You know, because when you take on that type of funding, there's a lot more responsibility, and 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 uh, you know, I think we took that very very seriously. Um, but at the same time, it, it it changed who Grant was at the core. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you're in your corporate office. Mm -hmm. okay. Quickly, yeah, okay. very quickly. Because I remember at this time, uh, I think my brother even came on as like one of your, I'll call it a beat writer, but was making, you know, content for one of your sections sure. sites yep. or, or just, you know, the non-sports site rather, and was making like a fair bit of money and, you know, creating content for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, were you guys just armying up on content writers? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we pushed it probably to 250 different um, contracted writers around the country, um, and that might be low. I'd have to actually go back and look at the final numbers, but I mean, we had we had so many writers, it was even hard to keep track. You know, so we had to hire more and more managers, um, you know, because we also wanted to start building out more sites. You know, we wanted to get even more exclusive into like cars and politics and pets and, you know, luxury travel. Because you went really wide mm -hmm. and then came back to a singular Spreading again. I mean, how did you guys know when it was okay to grow again? We didn't. <laughs> we really didn't. Uh, it was more kind of gut feel, and um, you know, I don't want to say you know reactionary to to what other you know companies were starting to do, but we were starting to look at trends and okay, this company is doing this and it's doing really well. Um, we saw like sites like the Dodo pop up. Um, you know, very just niche type of content. We knew that we could we could we could we could pull that off cuz we've been doing that for now 5 6 years. And you could spin content up, oh, spin yeah. ideas up yeah. and if it didn't. So what was the threshold for spinning something up and then deciding whether or not to keep it or kill it? Well, we always kept them. Okay. You know, some of those some of the sites probably didn't have as much content, you know, like cars for example. Um, you know, it did okay. Um, but it wasn't one of our bigger sites, so we weren't we weren't spending a ton of money to create, you know, 60 pieces of content every day, you know, so it'd be five a week or six a week or, you know, whatever it was for that site. But, um, but we were still really focusing still on, you know, the, you know, the lifestyle sites and sports because you got to have consistent content going. And did you guys, how much emphasis were you guys putting on building the brand and making you guys a, a national or a we were trying to, we were trying to do this. You know, we hired a PA, uh, like a PR company um, for a stupid amount of money per month. Um, so we started the burn. You know, we started to really put that, you know, that three million dollars plus our cash, you know, on hand to work. Um, uh, you can, you can imagine how quickly that goes. You know, when you're spending twenty five thousand dollars on an office or twenty thousand bucks on an office, and then, you know, you've got a PR company for twenty. Okay, that's forty grand of your EBIT all of a sudden. You know, so it's a, you know, the team's growing, um, and with that, our expenses were growing, um, but we weren't into brand sales yet. 
you know, so we weren't able to, you know, kind of make up the difference with a higher CPM selling directly to Coors Light opposed to going through AdX or OpenX, you know, whatever, whatever huh. platform we were using. And when you guys thought about <coughs> building a brand, did you guys think it was going to be better to sell a, I, I naturally think of like merch um, versus maybe like a, you know, physical event, like a, you know, at a bar or a restaurant? I mean, where were you guys thinking? Yeah, um, we got in the e-commerce. Um, you know, right at, so we ended up raising a $4 million round probably within five months after a $3 million round closed at a $54 million valuation, which, which I always believed was very overvalued, um, which I was fearful of because when you're overvaluing, you can really only go down. You know, so I, I, I would have preferred us to do something a little more step up. Um, they called it, you know, kind of our, our, our previous investors called it the step up because they thought we'd be able to go from 50 to 200 where I wanted to kind of go from 25, 30 round range to 50, 200, to, you know what I mean? So, um, and ultimately I thought that was going to be a problem for us raising uh, our next round after that, you know, uh, and it ultimately that ended up being accurate. You know, we, we ran into, you know, valuation problems and concerns from, from then on. But we ended up we ended up raising another four million dollar round. But um, you know we put it to work pretty quickly. You know we, we started to hire a direct sales force, spent a tremendous amount of money there, and missed. Um, we we didn't bring in any, you know, major uh, CPM deals and money deals. We had a tremendous amount of RFPs, you know, but nothing closed. You know because we, we were always going up against the dead spins and um, you know the Voxes and the Bleacher Reports and you know BuzzFeed went from you know zero to a hundred and. Um, you know, we were now competing with all these companies that had such a tremendous more amount of money than we did, which means they had more salespeople, they had more content, they had better content, they were able to break stories. We weren't able to, to get to that point. We tried, and we missed. So it was a combination of not the right salespeople mm -hmm. and, or not enough salespeople, and just not maybe a, a mature content approach? Yeah, we are still we are still trying to go from instead of reporting on the news to trying to break the news. Ultimately, that's that's what we wanted to get to, um, but we also wanted to do some things in um, uh, you know in the gaming space. We wanted to make ourselves a little more friendly to the user and kind of get away from everything that everybody else was, and try and build out another arm that we can utilize this, this tremendous amount of traffic, which is where we went into like e-commerce. Um, we actually started to build an app, uh, which was a gamification situation, um, which was, you know, testing huge. Um, and we ended up having to, um, you know, we had to kill that product or project um, due to a funding situation. You know, they fund, they, you know, the company that we were going through, you know, they said it was gonna be X and then it ended up being why, and I needed approval from the board to spend the difference. And I, I didn't get that approval. I actually lost that vote. Yeah. So we had to kill what I think could have been an absolute killer. I mean, I think that could have you know, really taken Rant to a different level because um, we would have been changing you know, the way that the industry would have been forced to look at things in terms of users. Um, you know, ultimately, we were going to um, give away coins Think of like a crypto situation. We were, we were going to be able to give away coins to a user based off of their actions, you know, on rant. So and then ultimately they can take those coins and trade it in for product or cash or, you know, different things that we wanted to do with that because our systems were, were going to be able to tell us, okay, you came to, you know, rant sports 
15 times that month and you, you generated $70 worth of revenue, we were going to start doing revenue cuts with our users. Oh, wow. That's ultimately what we wanted to get to. And we, and we are, and we are in the process of building it. And unfortunately we, uh, we had that pro we had that project killed, which is, it's still, that's still one of my bigger regrets. Cause I, I probably could have not listened to the vote. I probably would have gotten myself fired for it, but you know, I, I, I could have, I, I think I could have done more on that side. And I think we would have, um, I think we would have been, you know, even bigger from a, from a valuation standpoint. And I don't know where the company goes if we were able to launch that. Um, Cause our beta testers were, were, were using that thing like crazy and they had no idea what they were doing. You know, we had like trivia games, um, you know, they were chasing things all around the site. I mean, you're, you, I mean, you were looking at 14, 15 minutes, you know, time on site on the app with our beta testers. So, um, just weren't able to get it over the finish line and unfortunately that's uh that's uh was a big problem for us gotcha. so is this kind of where you guys starting to see kind of the exit yeah yeah because once we um you know once we did that four to 50 um you know obviously you know that type of round you got to start looking at you know different sorts of liquidation approaches um investment banks were actually starting to call um you know, our, our shareholders were actually talking to shareholder um, investment banks on the side, you know, at that same time. So there was just this tremendous amount of new, um, new interest in the company for different, for different reasons. Um, and, and we were still growing our team. You know, now we had a sales, you know, sales staff. Uh, we had more content writers, more managers. So, I mean, we, I don't want to say we lost, you know, who we were, but, you know, for the sake of, trying to come up with something different, I think we did lose, you know, kind of who we were. Because we had, we had these great concepts and great ideas and things could have worked out a lot differently. But um, I think we forgot how fun it was. And once you kind of lose the fun, and now it's a job, and now it's a, you know, it just, the focus changes. And it changes with everybody. And, and, there's, and there's obviously more pressures. Were you and Grant then kind of put in totally different roles? Just in terms of now you've got to go deal with investors yeah, I mean, I, I handled more of um, the corporate um, as the CEO, um, and he was he was trying to you know kind of continue to build our revenue patterns under you know strategy as our chief strategy officer, um, and manage the sales force and you know put together the packages for you know our marketing team and this that and the other. So we were we were both spread very very thin. Um, if anybody knows dealing with uh, you know investors and shareholders and your board all the time, it, it that's a full time job in itself, you know. So, you know, Brian, um, you know, was always on the road with me um, as COO and, and, and CFO and, um, you know, Grant, too, at different times. So, I mean, there, there, were, there were different times where our, you know, four most important people in terms of, like, Doug and, you know, Ryan Nelson, we, we were all out of the office for two weeks, you know, at a time because we're in meetings. We're, you know, trying to generate this, that, and the other. And, you know, when that happens and you kind of lose feel for what's going on, yeah, I mean, you're going to hit that line of, you know, you kind of lose that consistent growth, which is which is what happened to us. So. And what? And so, how did you guys exit? I mean, what was that like? And how did you guys decide who to partner with? Well, we um, uh, we didn't we didn't really want to exit yet. Um, we 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 still thought that we can get into the direct sales force. Um, you know, because I mean, we were doing 30, 40, 50 million uniques a month. I mean, we were doing close to a billion page views. How um, how how high were you? I remember Ryan telling me. We were very high. We, we were top 10. Yeah, we were top 10. Um, and, and we are still, I mean, when you, when you look at what we were able to do with, 
you know, let's just call it $7.3 million versus BuzzFeed's 250 Comcast backing, um, you know, Vox Media and, and who they were, you know, who they were backed by Bleacher Report exited uh, Turner, you know, so we're trying to compete with these, these billion dollar corporations with $7.3 million, you know, and I always looked at it from a, from a baseball standpoint, we were the Oakland A's and everybody else was the New York Yankees. We had to do things differently. If we, if we were going to try and compete with them, we had to, we had to come at them through the aggregate. We couldn't go at them directly. We can't walk into the same, you know, the same meetings with the same pitches and, you know, to Coors Light as Bleacher Report and BuzzFeed. Like, we're never going to win those. You know, so we, we had to try and do something different, um, and we, we, we tried everything we could. Um, some of it worked and some of it didn't. But um, um, ultimately, we, uh, uh, we, had, we had signed a $10 million term sheet with a, with a fund out of Texas, uh, Dallas, at a 80, roughly about an $80 million valuation. Uh, we actually had set the closing date. You know, so we were going through the docs and the negotiations and this, that, and the other. Maybe 85% of the way there, I get a text saying uh, we're out. You know, our, our essentially the money behind the fund no longer believed in the valuation, or they no longer believed in the business. I'm not sure which. I I never really got the right answer, but um, getting a text like that was not. I don't think it was very professional. You know, yeah, I'm 27 years old at the time, and I'm you know upset with a 40 year old fund, you know, fund guy. You know, who spent time on, you know, some some pretty big media boards. Like, couldn't pick up the phone and call me, you know. So it was really really frustrating. But um, uh, we lost a lot of time because that was an exclusive negotiation. You know, and that was three four months. So when you can't talk to anybody for three four months and you got to start at the very beginning, now it's time. Okay, you've got to figure out is it time to sell, or is it okay? Let's let's. Hit, hit the ground again and, you know, see if we can raise that other, that other round of funding where, you know, it would allow us to compete a little easier with the Bleacher Reports and the BuzzFeeds and, and, this, and this, that, and the other. And we didn't have, you know, Grant and I, you know, we still controlled, you know, the company, um, especially from the board level. We weren't opposed to anything. We just needed it to be right. You know, we wanted to make the right decision opposed to, um, you know, a money decision or this, that, or the other. But, um, we ended up taking some meetings with some of the bigger investment banks, uh, you know, like we met with RBC. Ended up talking to Goldman, um, you know, because when you're doing 50 to you know 55 million uniques or whatever the heck it was at that at that peak and a billion page views and 20 million in revenue, you know, that's that's going to attract some of the bigger players. Um, ultimately, we ended up we ended up doing a deal with Credit Suisse as our investment banker to either sell or you know raise around. So um, that's when uh, that's when we hit the road for. I don't know, three months straight. <laughs> you know, we met with some of the, uh, you know, we met with some of the bigger, um, uh, you know, media companies and you know even global companies throughout the time, and um, the valuation was too high. And what do these companies say? You know, you've got basically set on seven million dollars. Mm -hmm. You eclipsed behemoths. I mean, were they as interested in your evaluation as for evaluation as they were in your team? I think that they are definitely interested in the model because um, we were able to crack different layers that that people weren't able to crack yet, um, specifically in the ARB side. You know, and we were able to ARB because of our data and uh, you know our data and our, our um, you know, essentially our systems that can make the decisions for us. Um, uh, we were working with a lot of ad partners. Um, we were starting to talk to other sites about um, you know like traffic exchanges and things like that. So we were starting to dip our our toes in a lot of different uh, different ways. We took a shot at uh, you know doing a roll up 
you know, with four different companies and, and building a much bigger company. Um, you know, one of those was uh, Lee Daily, uh, who ended up selling to the Daily Mail. And then a couple different ad, you know, networks. So we, we were always looking at, okay, what's, what's the best, you know, the best path? You know, one plus one does it equal five. You know, so we were, we were always looking at, at ways to be creative, um, you know, throughout this entire process. Um, especially once, uh, you know, once the, you know, the investment banks came in and, you know, things of like that. But um, I, was always, I was always very interested in, you know, kind of the corporate development side. You know, because it was my job, you know, to grow that valuation. And if we weren't able to, you know, get that million dollar deal with Coors Light, we had to figure out another path. You know, so I was always looking at that. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, that was, that was a very crazy, crazy two years. Absolutely insane. About two years. So where does that bring you up to? Oh goodness, probably probably about 2016. Okay. About 2016. Um, You know, the road show we we ended up not doing um, any deal with anybody that Credit Suisse brought in. Um, Ultimately, um, uh, again through Ryan and and one of his contacts. um, I'm not actually sure if I'm legally allowed to say the name of the company, but there was a big there was a big company out of Canada. Uh, that uh, was connected uh, to Ryan, and um, he ended up setting up a meeting for me and the and the CEO um, and the founder. Um, and we actually had a deal within six months to sell Rant to them for about fifty to fifty-five million. Uh, combo of cash and stock, I believe, it was about thirty-five million cash, uh, fifteen million stock. So um, we started the diligence there and went sixty, you know, sixty. Let's call it sixty days or so. Um, we were maybe about 70% of the way done with, you know, the docs and the deal and the set and the other, and I had to go get approvals. And um, Grant and I actually committed to taking less of our cut so that our investors would make more. Um, uh, essentially, we had to sell that to get the vote because some of them were not on board because they thought it was very undervalued. Um, and I thought it was actually a perfect value deal. Um, I actually took a lot of flack from, from our lead investor for not negotiating more. Uh, and the reality is they started at $15 million. You know, I, I had to bring them all the way back up to 55. So I was like, I'm not going to be able to get a deal done at 15. You know, we did our last one at 50. You know, it's just it's just not going to work. So you know, it took us four to six hours that night, but you know, ultimately we got we got to a number where they felt good and we felt good and we thought it was a, a very fair deal. Um, I didn't have any more room. <laughs> I, I I ran out of wiggle room. You can only you can only take somebody to the edge without pushing them off and be like, okay, you're you're totally unreasonable. Um, and, you know, uh, we, we were starting to have some cash flow issues, you know, at this time. You know, the type of investments that we were, you know, putting into sales and content and this, that, and the other, like seven seven $7.3 million does not go very far, right. you know, when we're trying to build, you know, what we wanted to build, you know, specifically on the sales front and then the app. You know, so those are big burns for us with, with no money coming in from that. So, so it's just a next transaction, are you kind of out of the picture or? Um, no, I would have I would have stayed, um, and, and 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 Grant would have stayed um, probably for about a year, and then it would have been a you know a contract situation. Okay, do we stay? Do we go? Um, but we we would have been tapping into you know some some crazily huge um, traffic opportunities and direct sales opportunities. So I mean, I I, I really believe if that transaction went down, um, Rant probably would have been about a billion dollar company through that company. So. Um, without even a hesitation. It would, I think it would have been that big. Because they would have been tapping into what we had too, and that's more eyeballs on a different side. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and in the conversion of the eyeballs, we both felt very you know comfortable and confident that that was that was going to work. So, what do you think if you had, if you were going to do it again, could you start a company today like this, or has the model changed? I think the landscape's ch uh, changed way too much because um, now it's it's gone away from you know utilizing social to you know getting more organic eyeballs, um, and it's just not as simple you know nowadays. Um, you know back then you can you can tap into Facebook and you do some ad spends and you know Outbrain and Taboola and now there's influencers and this that and the other, but but the pricing to get those eyeballs is so much higher. And obviously, programmatic has has gone down pretty, you know, pretty dramatically over the last, um, you know, the last couple of years. So you can't you can't make back, you know, you can't make profit on the ARB anymore, you know. And then users don't like slideshows and you know this that and the other. So there's, it's just a different industry. Um, I I really enjoyed that industry. Um, I, I was actually a little surprised that it that it went nine years before the real acquisition ended up taking place. With uh, with Function X, but uh, um, you know, I never saw myself being this, you know, media mogul, you know, type of thing. You know, I was more interested in you know things like you know strategy and fundraising and social and um, you know not so much just pure content. I think content's a great business. Um, I just think it's very very complex nowadays, and it's I, I, I don't know, just not something that I that I would be very you know be very confident in being. Oh, I can just start that over again. You know, I mean, I've had the opportunity to, and, and, and I've decided not to do it each time. Gotcha. So. Nice. So maybe, and, and I'm kind of bearing the lead a little bit with my next question, but maybe talk to about what you're doing now. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, once, one, once the real acquisition took place, um, you know, I, I ran myself into the ground. You know, from a health standpoint, mental, physical, I, I was toast. Absolutely toast. Um, I ended up moving to uh, Las Vegas with uh, with one of my best buddies uh, growing up from from here in the suburbs in high school. Um, you know, he was stationed in the Air Force out there. Um, I didn't need to stay in Southern California. You know, I, I didn't I didn't hang around very long after the acquisition took place with Function X. Um, I think I was gone within four to six weeks. Um, you know, so it just kind of ran ran itself you know dry. So when I moved out to Vegas, I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some traveling. I'm just gonna kind of kind of just relax in a sense. Um, I don't really know how to relax. So that first month, like I'd wake up and I go to my phone and wonder why I only had like six emails. I'm like, usually I'd have 250, you know, 300. So it, it was a, it was a big transitional period for, for myself as an individual. Um, Cause I, for the first time I, I was not the CEO of rent and I did this for nine years through my twenties, you know, and all of a sudden it's gone and I'm not attached to it anymore. And I didn't necessarily know what was next, you know. So that first month was um, it was a little weird. Um, I ended up doing some M and A consulting, um, you know, helping some companies raise some funding, um, you know, helped a company sell to another, you know, another company, and um, uh, you know that would take three, four, or five months, you know, of that year. But um, um, I really wanted to go back to school. I really wanted to finish. Uh, you know, my finance and economics degrees because I, you know, I, I dropped out, you know, and rant was growing. Uh, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, go to class, you know, at DePaul. So it's like, okay, I'm paying all this money to DePaul not to go through class and then do, you know, the real world stuff that they're trying to teach me to do. So it's just, it just did everything very backwards. Um, so I ended up looking into, you know, going back to school at that time. Um, I ended up 
going back to my roots a little bit, uh, through uh, uh, like a like a really good buddy of mine, um, his dad got a job down at a university called Ave Maria University right outside of Naples, Florida, um, and uh, ran into him at uh, at my buddy's wedding that I stood in. Um, and he was like, oh, they're looking for, you know, a pitching coach and this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh, that would be fun, you know, being, going back to the baseball field, um, finishing school, you know, things like that. So I kind of threw my name in the hat. I ended up getting that job and was there for, uh, you know, about two and a half years. Uh, recently left um, in, in November, um, still finishing school. Um, and then got into the, uh, the music producing business and trying to learn how to be a DJ like, uh, like you over here, you know. Um, I can I, I can I can thank Ryan Nelson for that one. You know, here's me here's me not liking house music until I'm 25 years old. You know, and, although he hates he hates the type of music I he likes that old trance stuff. I know that you do too, but uh, you know I'm more in the medallic dubstep and future bass and, and stuff like that. But uh, I've been doing that for about two and a half years on the side and having some fun with it. Got everything on Spotify now, so I'm trying to learn how to play. I got some lessons coming up, so to speak. But uh, but yeah, um, and we'll make sure we. Oh, great. Spotify. Great. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, just I think I just crossed 25,000 streams in the oh, first wow. month and a half that I put everything live, so it's growing nicely, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I barely know what the heck I'm doing still. That's pretty cool. You know, so it's it's a lot of fun though. Um it's been a really good outlet. Um, you know, one of one of my biggest I think my biggest problems with the rant is I didn't I didn't have anything on the side. You know, to kind of, you know, when I needed to get away from, you know, the stresses of being a CEO, I I didn't have anything that's earned to. You know, I was always an athlete, and that was that was gone at that time. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not an athlete, so what the heck do I do? You know, and here's Ryan being like, hey, let's let's go, you know, see Tiesto play, and I'm like, I'm not a house guy. It's so like, trust me, Mav, trust me. Ryan and Tiesto, yeah. Can be very dangerous. We uh we 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 had we had some fun times. We had some fun times there, but uh, but yeah, he really he really kind of got me into that industry. Um, uh, just from the music side. I mean, I've, I mean, who doesn't like music? I mean, right. if you don't like music, I think you're insane. But, uh, um, but my music taste really changed after I, after I met Ryan. So, um, pre, you know, shout out to him. You know, appreciate it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's kind of been a, a crazy, you know, just as crazy a couple of years, you know, not doing rant as it was doing rant. You know, still trying to figure out, okay, what what truly is next? I, I don't I don't really know. Um, uh, and I'm still, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, graduating this summer. Um, been looking at law school, been looking at an MBA, looking, looking, hopefully maybe I'm, maybe I'm the next millennium. Who knows? You know, so we'll see. We'll see. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. This is really cool. Heck yeah. Perfect. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you having me. And we'll link to everything in the show notes. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank so you can get this episode and all other previous episodes on such great platforms as Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Overcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and have all episodes downloaded to your device automatically.